Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura. Good How are you. you today? I'm doing well. I'm Fabulous. doing well. Before we dive in, I need to give a birthday shout out to one of our biggest fans, my oh. mom. Oh. <laughs> my mom is a great listener of Prairie Doc Radio and um, a great supporter, of course, of all that I do. So happy birthday, mom. Thinking of you today and hope you have a great day. Happy birthday, Laura's mom. That's yes. really exciting. They had a, a road trip they were doing recently and I called and they said, oh, hello. We are just listening to your foot show on the podcast. <laughs> it's like fantastic. <laughs> so great, great supporters. That is great. Radio show, podcast, all the things. My uh, my dad asked me to be sure that I sent him a link because he's he's in Iowa. My sister's in Montana. My brother's in South Carolina. So every time I host a show, I have to be sure to send them a link send so the that link they out. can they can see the show. And he he was here this weekend, and he said, "Now you gotta be absolutely sure you send me a link for this next show." He's really really looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. We're thankful for all that family support. Oh, yes. And everybody's support. It's wonderful when we hear from viewers and listeners and they tell us that something we we covered resonated with them or or, um, helped them in some way or was just interesting, even if it just helped pass a little bit of time. It's wonderful to hear that. Yes. Tell us about the show that you have planned for this Thursday, Dr. Johnston. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this show. It's going to be a show on breast cancer, which of course is something that uh, has touched a lot of people's lives, um, certainly touches us as as clinicians, because I don't think you can practice pretty much any kind of medicine without uh, having someone with breast cancer that you come into contact with and uh, touches a lot of us personally, myself included. Um, As I write in the essay, my mother had breast cancer. And in fact, that is, uh, was ultimately her cause of death was her breast cancer. So, um, this is a show that I think is going to resonate very strongly with an awful lot of, of our viewers and listeners and uh, a lot of really exciting and new and interesting things to talk about um, and a lot of the old basics too because, um, you know, for a lot of people, they're just starting to see how breast cancer impacts their own lives. And so um, we can't forget that the basics are always important. Mm-hmm. We're all on different parts of these journeys, absolutely, aren't we? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So I feel like there's a lot of attention uh, and campaigns to support breast cancer awareness. But as I'm learning, there are a lot of, they're really worthwhile efforts because absolutely. that early detection is so important when it comes to breast cancer. It, it, it absolutely is. Um, my mother's breast cancer was stage three when we caught it. And 
I often wonder if we had managed to to find it six months earlier, would she still be with us? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it doesn't that those thoughts, that rumination doesn't make any difference uh, for my mom and my family, but it could potentially make a difference for somebody else. So I think the more awareness we can get out there, the more we can make people aware of what to watch for and make people aware of how important those regular screenings are, um, you know, maybe somebody else won't have to have that question in their mind and so that is a very worthwhile effort okay well I think we're going to go to our first break and when we come back we'll dive into this topic more we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about how we will be spending some time this week talking about breast cancer and uh the importance of early detection and watching out for those things. Yes. And we had a really good question about um, genetic testing Mm -hmm. for breast cancer. And uh, that is definitely an important tool that I'm seeing kind of increasingly used. But it's not something that, uh, first off, it's a very expensive tool. Second off, there are some limitations because uh, there are genes that we know are linked to Mm -hmm. breast cancer and other types of cancer. Uh, But it's important to realize that there's a lot we don't know about the genetic basis. And so um, there could be a genetic connection for somebody with uh, breast cancer or other types of cancer. And we just don't find it because we don't know what we're looking for. So there are things that uh, we know are associated with breast cancer and other types of cancer. I think everybody is familiar or a lot of people are going to be familiar with the BRCA gene. Um, Angelina Jolie, I think, had um, a news article maybe 10 years ago about finding out that she was a carrier of the BRCA gene and uh, the surgical intervention. She chose to reduce her risk. But there's a lot of genes that we know are associated with different types of cancer and carry different lifetime risks. And um, so it's really important for somebody when they're considering this to actually get some genetic counseling. And that genetic counselor will sit down and look at their family history and say, okay, your mom had this cancer and your dad had that cancer and you had three aunts on this side that did this and an uncle on that side that did that. And then that genetic counselor can help estimate somebody's risk based on their family history. Uh, And from that information, we can uh, develop maybe a more intense screening program or maybe prophylactic medication or uh, some other uh, plan for them. And then also consider that genetic testing. And then uh, when you get that genetic testing back, you have a little more context to interpret it for uh, because you could have this terrible family history and your genetic testing comes back negative. And does that mean that 
you don't carry the gene or does it mean we don't know what that gene is? Um, and this is important both for men and for women. Um, men certainly can get breast cancer. It's far less common in men. Only about 1% of breast cancer patients are male. Um, but certainly if we know a man has uh, a BRCA gene or something like that, it may change how we approach looking for cancer in him. Uh, but it also can influence your risk of other types of cancer, like colon cancer. And so those are things that are really valuable to know about. So um, that's a really good question about the genetic testing, and I'm hoping that our surgeon and cancer doctor on the show will will have more input for that. Yeah. So there can be a hereditary absolutely influence but not necessarily as you mentioned for your mom and your essay she was was, the first she was the first and she had a very large family of Mm -hmm. you know her parents her aunts her uncles her her cousins very very large family a lot of people uh, and she was the first Mm -hmm. that was diagnosed with breast cancer and one of the first to have cancer at all so um the family history is definitely not the whole story. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about early detection and trying to find those. What are some things that we should all keep in mind to help First with early off, detection? Keep in mind that not all cancers can be seen on imaging. Um, so if you find a change in your breasts, whether you're male or female, if something is different, it needs to be checked out. Um, and... Uh, mammogram may not be enough. Mm -hmm. Um, The mammogram is usually where we start, uh, but depending on what we feel, what we see, um, we may not stop there. Um, It also means that, oh, gee, I just found this lump or I just saw this change, but I had my mammogram a month ago, so everything must be fine. No, uh, it could be something that we can't see on the mammogram. It could be something that just grows fast enough that it wasn't there a month ago. So get it checked out if you see or feel a change. And changes that you see are important too. If uh, The very first patient I had in Brookings, the very first day of my practice here, um, she came in for a physical and she pulled open that gown and I knew that she had breast cancer because she had developed this inverted nipple and this changes in the skin. And she had noticed that for a few months, but she couldn't feel anything in her breast. So she thought it must not be anything to worry about. Mm. Um, Now, obviously she worried enough that she scheduled an appointment for a physical, but uh, it was still something that she had just understood she didn't have to worry about because she didn't feel a lump. So a change that you see, a change in the shape of the breast, a change in the shape of the nipple, um, a change in the skin, or a change that you feel in the breast uh, needs to be checked out. Mammograms, regular mammograms are really important for women. Uh, There's a little bit of controversy over should we do a mammogram every year, every two years. There's there's smart, well-meaning people on both sides of that debate. Uh, The big thing we know with mammograms is that a certain percentage of people are going to have a mammogram that's like, hmm, something looks not quite right here. 
and then they get a follow-up mammogram or they get an ultrasound or they even get a biopsy or some combination of all of them and it turns out that it wasn't cancer. Um, so we call that a false positive screening test. And we know that the more mammograms we do, the more often we do the mammograms, the more of those we have. Mm-hmm. So the the argument for the every two years is, well, we have fewer of those false positives. And the argument for the every year is, well, we'll accept those false positives in return for knowing we found that cancer sooner. So, uh, you know, there's there's arguments on both sides of that debate. I fall on the, you know, I wonder for my mom, could we have found this earlier? I don't want to wonder for me. I don't want to wonder for my patients. Um, I'll accept that I'm going to end up with a biopsy or I'm going to end up with these other things. But that's, that's not the calculus that a lot of people make. And I think that um, there are valid reasons on, on both sides. The important thing is to be sure that you get that screening and you get that screening at least every two years. So mammograms, the recommendation is normally to begin at age at age 40, 40 unless yep. you have other risk factors. Correct, unless you have some other uh, issue, particularly people maybe with that strong family history or people that um, that have we know carry that gene, they may have individualized recommendations for them. But obviously, younger women do get breast cancer. Younger women do get breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be a more aggressive disease in those younger women. So don't assume that, oh, I'm, I'm only 35. This can't be breast cancer. Obviously, it's less likely to be breast cancer in younger women. Um, but it can be breast cancer, and we need to check it out. Okay. Well, we need to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% from 1989 to 2016 among women? The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. Dr. Johnson, we had a question come in. Yay, I love questions. Yes, this person is wondering, who do they contact or sit down with for an overview of what everything means regarding a living will and all the details within that? 
Does she sit with a doctor for an explanation? You know, there's a lot of different people that can um, can help kind of guide you through that. It is part of what I do with my patients, uh, particularly my um, Medicare age patients when they come in for their annual uh, Medicare wellness um, visit, uh, is to kind of talk about what their wishes are for their health care as they... Um, get to the point where they are not able to tell us in the moment what they want. Uh, and those are kind of what we call advanced directives. Um, so absolutely, it's something you can you can visit with your clinician about. Uh, there's a lot of social workers that will kind of help guide you through that conversation. Uh, sometimes even your lawyer. I have a lot of patients who come in with uh, their advanced directives, their living will, their power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, kind of built into their overall will. And I always tell them, you know, I don't, I don't care who gets the china. That's, that's not anything that I have any stake in or any really interest in. <laughs> I've got enough of my own china to worry about. Nice. Um, but what I do worry about is who's going to make decisions for you if you can't make decisions for yourself. Uh, and in South Dakota, the default answer to that is the spouse, um, and then an adult child, um, then a, a living parent. But sometimes that's not who you want. Sometimes you want your best friend who's been your best friend since high school. Um, sometimes you want the neighbor. Um, sometimes the person closest to you, you think, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to cope with that. They're not going to be able to handle that. They're not going to be able to make the decision I want over the decision that they want. So it, it doesn't have to be anybody in particular, but especially if it's not going to be the person that's kind of our default, then you really need to have that written down uh, and in a legal fashion so that they they have that legal standing to make those decisions for you. And then what the overall goal of your health care is. Some people tell me, you keep my heart beating just as long as you can, no matter what shape I'm in, no matter what kind of, of future you think I'm going to have. I don't care what you have to do. You keep my heart beating. And other people tell me, um, you know what? When it's my time, it's my time. You just stay out of the way. Keep me comfortable and stay out of the way. And I don't think I don't care if you think I could make a complete recovery. Uh, you just get out of the way and I'm ready to go anytime. Most people fall in the middle there. They say, you know what, if I'm going to get better, you do what you can. But if you really don't think I'm going to get better after a little bit, you don't drag this process out. And then also, how do you feel about artificial nutrition and hydration? I think a lot of our older listeners will remember Terry Schiavo, uh, the lady in Florida who had uh, had a catastrophic event and a catastrophic brain injury and uh, ended up with a lot of attention and uh, going to court between her husband and her parents because they couldn't agree on uh, whether or not she would want that artificial nutrition and hydration um, keeping her here. And um, I don't know what Terry Shiva would have wanted, but I bet she wouldn't want to be being talked about 20 years later as an example of why you want to have that spelled out. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that those are kind of the important highlights that I ask people to hit. By all means, sit down, talk with your doctor about it, talk with your lawyer, talk with your family. Your family really needs to to know what you want, but having it in writing is such a comfort to them. Even if you have those conversations over and over again, being able to sit down and look at that and say, yes, this is what mom wanted, this is what dad wanted, is a huge comfort to the people that are trying to make those decisions. So once we have our living will set, we make our decisions, uh, do we... have a copy that we submit to absolutely so you need to have this signed um in south dakota you need to have it signed in front of a notary in Mm -hmm. order to to kind of have it be in effect and legally kind of i don't want to say binding but because you know if you your living will says one thing and you can look me in the eye and say no i want this I go with what you tell me in the moment, not sure. with what decision you made. I think that's 10 a good ago. point. Like w- when we do make these decisions, yep. if we change our mind, absolutely, we can. you can absolutely change your mind. We will always go with the most recent document that we can find. Mm-hmm. But I don't really even look at those when you can tell me what you want so these documents are for the point in time that hopefully that all of us hope we're not going to get to and i hope you never get to but the reality is that a lot of us do Mm -hmm. end up in a situation where we have dementia we've had a brain injury we've had a stroke we're not conscious we can't communicate our wishes and this is your way to communicate in advance what those wishes are. So you are not, this is this is not something that you're stuck with forever. Absolutely, things change. Uh, what people's, people want changes. What their day-to-day life is like is different. It's different when you're 50 than it is when you're 90. So you're not stuck with the decision you make now forever. Mm -hmm. So you can absolutely tell me something different in the moment if you're able to make make that decision, uh, change your mind on paper and go fill something else out. But once you kind of have that document, the legal ducks in a row, you give a copy um, to your doctor. I usually tell people, take a copy to any hospital you're likely to go to. So uh, it's pretty easy um, here in Brookings because uh, the Avera Clinic is part of the Avera system. We share a chart with the, the hospital in Sioux Falls. Uh, we don't share the chart with Sanford. So if you're someone who uh, does a little bit of this with the Avera system and a little bit of that with the Sanford system and maybe you go up to Watertown or some someplace else um, you know any place that you doctor you should have a copy of that okay great advice that was a great question thank it you is for a calling great question thank you I love to talk about that important to revisit that yes every once in a while so thank you for that great question well it's time for us to go to our final break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast if you have a question give us a call at 605-692-1430 605-692-1430 we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack 
called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Dr. Johnston just gave us a great reminder and overview about the important things for us to think about and consider with our living wills and some of those decisions we need to make. So thank you for that, Dr. Johnston. Dr. Johnson, we had a question, is breast cancer, which we were talking about earlier in the show, the leading cause of cancer in women? So the it is the number two cause of cancer death in okay. women. Okay. Number one cause of cancer death is lung cancer uh, for uh-huh. women. Um, and number three is colon cancer. So colon cancer is the number two cause of cancer death overall because, again, men are far less impacted by breast cancer and women generally don't have prostates, so they can't get prostate cancer, which is the number two cause of cancer death in men. Uh, But no, breast cancer is not the most common type of cancer, um, but it is a cancer that is very important in terms of the suffering that it causes for for women. So we're talking about lung cancer, breast cancer, Prostate cancer and colon, colon cancer, cancer are kind of all the ones we really need. And most of those have some great screening opportunities Absolutely. for us. So Absolutely. Even lung cancer now, and that's kind of a new thing in the course of the time that I've been in practice. Uh, when I started my practice, there was no way we had to screen for, for lung cancer. And now people that are at high risk can get uh, CAT scans, um, high-resolution high CAT scans that have you know, relatively lower doses of radiation. uh, And the average person who is eligible for screening will get one of those once a year. And it's important to keep up because we're looking for changes. Mm. That's an important thing. If you do get a CT scan for lung cancer, don't forget you need one next year too. Mm. And who usually qualifies for that? People uh, over 50 who have had at least 20 what we call pack years of smoking and a pack year is one pack a day for one year so if I smoke half a pack a day for two years that's one pack year so that's actually for a lot of my smokers that wasn't very hard to reach and uh, if you've quit smoking you continue to qualify for screening for a certain number of years after um, because we know that your risk is still elevated above the baseline but we also know that when you quit your your risk goes back down over time so it's not something that you you need to do forever quitting smoking no matter how old you are is worth it it is worth it. It will reduce your risk over time. And even if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer, your survival improves after you quit smoking. Mm. So quitting smoking, let me just put that plug in. 
quitting smoking is worth it and you can do it. It's, it's not something that uh, is easy and most people work at it a long time. I like to, to compare it to learning to walk. When you look at a kid who's learning to walk, they fall down a lot, but eventually they get it and then there's no stopping them. Um, but you can, you can get rid of smoking. You can learn to be a non-smoker. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. That's fantastic. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Join us this coming Thursday for a new live On Call with the Prairie Doc. Prairie Doc host Dr. Deborah Johnston is joined by Dr. Sarah Maraquin from Avera Medical Group Specialty Care Brookings and Dr. Allie Higgins from Avera Medical Group Oncology and Hematology in Sioux Falls. So tune in tomorrow night, September 21st on SDPB television for Early Detection is the Key, Breast Cancer, Symptoms, Diagnosis, and Treatment. Yes, we will talk about treatment, unlike today when I managed to talk so long that we ran out of time to talk about treatment. It'll be great. <laughs> it'll be very interesting to talk about treatment with it, these guests. It will. It will be very interesting, period. Yes. I think it's going to be a great show. Yes. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.